This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and today we are back after a very long break from the action. But today, what I want to do is discuss the fact that the Packers are being talked about as one of the most complete teams in the NFL this upcoming season. PFF's Ben Lindsay has them ranked as the fifth best team in the NFL behind the LA Rams, the LA Chargers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Buffalo Bills at number one overall. And here's why the Packers, even though many analysts didn't like many Packers moves or lack thereof this offseason, the Packers still do have one of the best rosters in the NFL. This is obvious in just the fact that the Packers won 13 games in the regular season for the third year in a row, the first team to ever have three seasons in a row of 13-plus regular season wins. And that team last season, which was regarded as the best in the NFL, was without so many all-star level players for most of the season, both starting tackles, all-pro David Bakhtiari and pro bowl right tackle Elton Jenkins. We were without Zadarius Smith, top edge rushing threat, and we were without all-pro cornerback Jair Alexander. The Packers had so many missing parts of the puzzle to finish last season, and yet they still won 13 games. This team, while they have lost some key pieces, it's really not that much different of a football team than last year's team. And there's really, there's reason to believe it could be better in some facets. Offensively, we have the back-to-back MVP quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who is as talented as it gets and as smart as it gets combined with Matt LaFleur, who is now ranked as the sixth best head coach overall and the sixth best play caller um, as LaFleur has helped Rodgers really come back up and play at that level he was earlier on in his career as he's lowered his time to throw from 2.94 to 2.6 seconds, which is keeping Rodgers healthy, keeping him upright, and keeping him within a strong structure of an offense. Add to that, the Packers have arguably arguably the best one-two punch in the NFL at running back with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who both are incredible for so many reasons, one of them being how valuable they are as receivers, as both of them had four games last season with at least 40-plus receiving yards, and both are still obviously fantastic runners as well, but that boost is needed with the receiving core that is now without the best receiver in the NFL with Adams off to Las Vegas. The Packers... While they don't have the top-end talent, they do have the depth with eight guys who all have serious potential in Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, Juwan Winfrey, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Juwan Winfrey, Samari Torre. The Packers have solid tight ends, nothing special like most teams in the NFL. And if they can get healthy, I would argue that the Packers have the best duo at offensive tackle in the NFL with Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins at right tackle, and then lots of youth developing on the interior with five guys battling it out for the last for those three interior spots. And then on defense, last season, even though the Packers defense didn't do as well as you would have hoped they did at times, Knowing they didn't have Jair Alexander or Zadarius Smith for a majority of the season, their two best players on defense the year prior, they played very well for themselves without those studs who they were relying on. 
against playoff teams last season. The Packers gave up an average of just 20.3 points per game. That would have given them the fifth best defense in the NFL last season. Now the Packers will have Jair, Jair Alexander back. We bring back Rasul Douglas. And Eric Stokes is one of the most underrated corners in the NFL after just one season. Last year, Eric Stokes had the second lowest percentage of open targets allowed in the in 2021 with 24% of his targets um, were open. And he did that as the number one cornerback on this team. So he wasn't going up against just these nobodies. He was going to get up against the other team's number one guy, okay? Combine that with the most valuable safety in the NFL in Adrian Amos. And then Darnell Savage, who has the athleticism that every safety in the NFL wish they had going into year four, look for him to have an amazing season. This defense is led by probably the best secondary in the NFL when you take all that in, into account. Then we have two edge rushers and Preston Smith, who is reliable, um, good pass rusher, great run defender. Um, and then with Rashawn Gary, who is going into year four and might become the premier pass rusher in the NFL this season. The Packers bolstered their interior defensive line as well. They have Jerron Reed now, a clear upgrade over Dean Lowry. And Devontae Wyatt, who is going to be a perfect pair with Kenny Clark on obvious passing downs. Year two of nose tackle TJ Slayton to give Clark the ability to not have to play on the nose full time when we're in the 3-4 look. Devondre Campbell came to Green Bay, became the best linebacker in the NFL in this defense. Now we've added a younger and more athletic clone of him to play right next to him. And just the fact that this is year two of this defense, of this Joe Barry defense, with so much continuity already, but say year two, they say year two is huge because the things they will be able to do this season with losing literally almost nobody from last year is going to make communication so easy, so fast. And I think this is going to lead to even more plus just positive plays defensively all season long for uh, the Packers. So while the Packers offense is going to have to probably fight to be a top 10 unit this season, this Packers defense with everything looking the way it does currently, it has every right to be a top five team. And even more importantly, this could be the best defense in the NFL next season. In the last time the Packers had the best defense in the NFL, they won the Super Bowl. To me, the only place that this could all go wrong is if injuries happen. And that's the case almost every season. If you look at the last few Super Bowls winners, some of the healthiest teams were the teams that ended up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, in 2021, the Rams were missing two starters on offense, their tight end and starting wide receiver Robert Woods. But they replaced him with Odell Beckham Jr. And defensively, they lost Jordan Fuller, but replaced him with Hall of Famer Eric Weddle and upgraded their edge rusher position with Von Miller midseason. This was the healthiest team you could ask for. Same in 2020 with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They lost a starting right guard, but gained an Antonio Brown. Okay, defensively, they didn't lose a single starter even. And the Chiefs in 2019, they lost a starting right guard on offense. On defense, they lost Emmanuel Ogba, but added Terrell Suggs. These teams barely lost anybody. And you can't control injuries, but what you can control is being prepared for an injury or honestly a few and being ready to replace those players with probably a crucial veteran player. And that's what the Packers need to also be ready to do. So right now, yeah, the the Packers, I would say, are the fifth best team in the NFL. Maybe fourth, I might put them ahead of the Rams. But what would they need to jump up to the top? And that's depth. And believe it or not, there is depth out there on the free agent market still. Last season, think about the Packers in July last year and right now, a year later. Okay, 
We signed the likes of Dennis Kelly, Devondre Campbell, both in July, Whitney Merciless, Rasul Douglas in October. There are still key players out there, but the Packers need to go out and get them before somebody else does. And on offense, the Packers really should find a depth piece on the offensive line, specifically at offensive tackle. The last three seasons, the Packers have had to go into the playoffs without their preferred offensive tackle because of injury, sometimes two offensive tackles. The Packers cannot go into this season expecting anything to be different. And surprisingly, there are a lot of really good options still out there when it comes to veteran depth pieces. There is, There was Dwayne Brown, but he just got a... Uh, probably a felony for a, a gun charge type of thing. Um, so he is not in the picture anymore. But Eric Fisher, um, great experience at left tackle. Now two years recovered from that major knee knee injury, and he did still play last year even. Um, so if something happens to David Bakhtiari, you have a left tackle you can rely on. Um, uh, I really think um, Bakhtiari will be okay. I know there was, there was some worrying out there reports, but he was not scheduled to practice during OTAs because there's no reason to risk him getting injured. He can train on his own. He will be fine. Uh, But at right tackle, this is a position I am concerned with. The Packers right now with the starting offensive line are running Cole Van Lannan, a sixth round pick by the Packers last year as the starter with Elkin Jenkins still out with injury. This is a problem. I liked the Cole Van Landen pick a lot last year. He played very, very well last preseason even. But should he be the starter after a season on the practice squad? Gosh, no. I hoped rookie Sean Ryan would be able to outdo him. But as of this point, before the pads have come on, he hasn't. And that could change, but we shouldn't rely on it to, especially a rookie offensive tackle. There are a couple of cheap veteran right tackle options who could come in and immediately start and be an upgrade or even be a backup that you could rely on in the big moments. And those two guys, to me, are Riley Reef, formerly of the Bengals and longtime Viking, and Brian Bulaga, formerly of the Chargers, and then a longtime Packer. Reef was average last season at right tackle for the for the Bengals, but he wasn't awful. He's a veteran who I think could come into Green Bay, be ready to start if our Sean Ryan is not ready and Elton Jenkins is not fully healthy. And I, and I don't expect Elton Jenkins to be back until like week 10. The other player, Brian Belaga, a former first round pick by the Green Bay Packers, actually was the, the last player other than Mason Crosby and Aaron Rodgers on this team who is who was on that Super Bowl winning team. He was on that team as a rookie. He had a phenomenal career, was one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL, in the NFL, a very underrated player, went healthy, but he struggled to be healthy. He played just one game in 2021, about half the season in 2020, but if he can be healthy, he could be the best backup right tackle you could ask for. In 2019, the last full season he played, he had a 77.1% overall PFF grade and he rarely makes mistakes which is two holding penalties over the entirety of his career so Brian Blaga is out there I think he still wants to play he hasn't officially retired he probably would want to come back and win a Super Bowl you got injuries at offensive tackle it's one of your weakest positions right now because of it go out and get a guy like him there's one more offensive lineman who I think is worth considering as well he's not an offensive tackle but he is another former Packer, and that is J.C. Treader. Treader, after leaving the Packers in 2016, has started for the Browns at center for five years in a row before getting cut this offseason. And since 2015, he has been a top 10 center in the NFL 
every single season almost. There's no reason a guy like J.C. Treader should be available. Similar to Brian Bulaga, these are two guys who are at the end of their careers, probably want to win a Super Bowl, and probably won't sign for very much money at all. J.C. Treader would be a huge upgrade at center for the Packers. Last season, we had rookie Josh Myers playing. He was the 34th ranked center in the NFL, while J.C. Treader was still the 6th best. Okay, That's a huge upgrade, and there's no way Myers in just year two will come anywhere close to that type of production we could get from Treader. Um, with the Packers wide receiver room being the way it is, we cannot afford to have any weaknesses anywhere else on our offense, Okay, especially on our offensive line. And here's the way to make an offensive line that has the possibility to be a top 10 unit, become easily a top five unit in the NFL next season if everyone is healthy. And imagine, if everyone is healthy, the Packers would probably run their offensive line from left to right like this. It would be David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, JC Treader, JRJ, and then Balaga. But let's say injuries happen, okay? And that's fine. But you're ready. You still have Jenkins. Elton Jenkins can play right tackle if Balaga is hurt. Sure, that's fine. Um, you still have Josh Myers there. You still have Royce Newman, who started all last season. You still have your two rookies, Zach Tom, Sean Ryan. You still have Josh Nijman, but you have the depth in case injuries happen, and they happen every single year, especially with another regular season game now. Um, and you would sign these two guys for about a total of about $4 million. So, would it be they would make a huge impact for the Packers? Then at receiver, the Packers could use an upgrade as well. Now, I like the depth they currently have. It's going to be hard to figure out what to do with all the nine guys I mentioned before. I like all, all of them for one reason or another, but there are a lot of those guys like Juwan Winfrey, like Amari Rogers, Samari Torre, Romeo Dubs. Um, I don't even know. Like I like them as prospects. I like them sitting at the bottom of your roster, and I like what they might be able to bring one day, but are they capable of being number two wide receivers? I don't think so. And there are two guys who are still sitting in free agency who could easily be that for the Packers, and that's Julio Jones and Will Fuller. Julio Jones, obviously one of the best wide receivers of the last generation from 2014 to 2019. He played at an elite level, but he is getting older. He's lost some juice that's dropped off. His elite played 84.3 overall PFF grade in 2020 to a 76.5 grade in 2021. But if healthy again, could he return a receiver who can play maybe in that 80s range when it comes to overall PFF grade? Because if that's the case, that would easily make Julio Jones the best wide receiver on our roster. We know how special Julio Jones has been in his career, and he's never got to play with a talent at quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And I would be amazed to see that kind of come together. Then there's Will Fuller. Last year, he had a suspension combined with a finger injury that made him miss the whole season, basically. But in 2020, with the Texans, he and Deshaun Watson had an 86.5 overall PFF grade as he got to play with Watson during that year. He's just two seasons away from playing at that level, and he's just 28 years old. The Packers have tried to trade for Will Fuller in the past. He's got insane track-like speed, would immediately be able to be our deep threat guy if Christian Watson is not ready. And at this point in July, how much could either of these guys be asking for when it comes to a contract? Both of these guys have the potential, both uh, Will Fuller and Julio Jones, to be a top 32 receiver in the NFL next season. And yet they are still free agents. Signing these two guys alone would take this currently ranked 31st wide receiver group probably all the way up to number 15 in the NFL for me. That's a way... To, that's a way to upgrade your roster in a huge way. And again, for what? Another five to $7 million? That's obviously worth it. Right there, with $10 million, 
the Packers have to me a top 15 offense and made it already. They have a top 15 offense with those four players. They just added in my scenario. I think this is a top five offense in the NFL. I like the tight end group where it's currently at. I like Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah Deguari, Dominic Daphne, Tyler Davis. But if an injury were to occur to one or two guys, especially like a Tunyon or a Deguara, Eric Ebron is still a free agent as well. Ebron, a former first round pick by the Lions, has the athletic potential to be a solid pass catching option and just another guy to consider amidst the many talented players still out there on the free agent market. Um, You're looking at a veteran minimum deal for a guy like that. Defensively, we do have some holes as well we, that we do need to address if we want to be a top five defense all season long with no issues when it comes to injuries. One of the biggest holes on the defensive side of the football that I see is that edge rusher. Right now, we have Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith as our starters, but we need depth behind these guys. Top pass rushers usually play just over two-thirds of the snaps for your defense, or they will get burnt out. We have Randy Ramsey and J.J. Ignabari who I like, but we need a proven veteran behind these two guys. If one of them gets injured, we need a starter ready to come in. And right now, there's actually a, t- a ton of veteran edge talent out there. There's guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, Trey Flowers, Carlos Dunlap, okay? And there was Justin Houston, but Justin Houston just signed a new deal with the Ravens to go back to Baltimore, in, which is a huge bummer because I really wanted Justin Houston as a possible guy for the Packers to go and sign because he he played very very well last season and I hope that doesn't come to hurt or just bite the Packers in the butt that they did not make that move over the Ravens because he had a 77.8 PFF grade last season um, and he would be a great third edge rusher but there's still other guys okay Um, there's guys like Trey Flowers who played for Detroit for the last um, few seasons got overpaid by a long shot but he has played 900 plus snaps for the last seven seasons. He's a very underrated player. It's kind of insane. He remains unsigned after playing at a high level in Detroit in on one of the worst defenses in the NFL the last several seasons. There's Jason Pierre Paul. He's been playing for the Bucks the last few years. Had a very successful career, but he's definitely coming off a bad year for the Bucks. I wonder if him as a backup guy, he could have more juice to produce on a consistent basis. Um, and then there's Carlos Dunlap. On a bad Seattle team, he started every game last year. He was solid, 72.1 overall grade. All three of these guys would be way better third edge rushers on our roster than anyone we currently have. Right now, if I had to choose which one I would sign, it would be, J- it would be Trey Flowers probably. I think he still has some in the tank, um, and I think he would be a great third edge rusher. On the interior defensive line, we actually do have good depth, though. Um, starter, uh, nose tackle. Second-year player, TJ Slayton. Three-tech, Kenny Clark. D-end, Jerron Reed. Backups at three-tech would be Devontae Wyatt. And D-end uh, would be Dean Lowry. But really, we at the moment, we don't really have a backup nose tackle. And on the free agent market is still former Chicago Bear nose tackle, Eddie Goldman. He's just 28 years old. Actually, an ideal run-stuffing space-eating force in the middle. He can make things uncomfortable for opposing offenses. In today's NFL, you have to be able to stop the run with as few bodies as possible. And here, to me, is an easy way to do that. Three seasons ago, Eddie Goldman, when playing on a great defense around him, which would be similar to the defense he'd play in in Green Bay this year, he played at an elite level as a run defender. He might even be an upgrade over TJ Slayton for the Packers. And again, if an injury happens, the Packers don't want to have to move Kenny Clark full-time to nose tackle. He's less useful there. They need someone ready to step in, and Eddie Goldman can do that and be a huge 
huge boost to this interior defensive line. And on the back end, I really like where our cornerbacks are at. Uh, we're three deep currently. The Packers could always sign Kevin King at the last moment if an injury were to occur. He knows this defense, which is kind of a joke, but actually an option if the Packers needed someone. But at safety right now, the Packers are a little bit thin behind Savage and Amos. Our names like Vernon Scott, Sean Davis, guys you probably never have heard of. Uh, the Packers will play less through safety looks this year with the addition of a second linebacker they love in Quay Walker. But still, neither of these two guys like Sean Davis, like Vernon Scott, should be relied on to be our starter if an injury does occur. I'm not a huge fan of the player. I don't find him as a super talented player overall, but safety Landon Collins is still a free agent. Might be worth seeing where his price is at. If Landon Collins were to play at a veteran minimum contract, he would be a great third safety to have on your roster as he's just played below average football the last three seasons in Washington after his strong start to his career in New York. The last guy... I would mention who is still out there that the Packers should seek after would be linebacker Alexander Johnson. Yes, the Packers are set at linebacker. They have Devondre Campbell. They have Quay Walker. They even have Chris Barnes um, who started games in the past, but we just talked about this. The Packers want to play less three safety looks this season, and that means more two linebacker looks. Now, linebackers have no problem stamina-wise to stay on the field the whole game, but if one of those two guys gets injured, what are we going to do? Alexander Johnson had a really weird NFL career. He's already over 30 years old, but has just played three seasons of NFL football. But in those three years, he has an 88.5 overall PFF grade as a rookie, 65.4 overall grade in year two, and an 80.9 overall grade last season, but he only played in six games. Alexander Johnson is still a free agent. He's a run-stuffing, tackling machine, and easily could be signed for the veteran minimum. Now, all these moves, are they necessary? Probably not. We could get by, probably still get 13-ish wins this season, playing with some of our current backups and be fine. But yeah, we might get 13 wins in the regular season, but I that's not enough to me. I want to win a Super Bowl, and we just won't if we do not have depth. We've seen this time and time again. The Packers lose a very close playoff game every single year, and most of the time, we play the we are missing one or two key players and replacing them with nobodies. And when you play the best teams and the best players, they take advantage of those gaping holes on your roster. If we really want to win a Super Bowl, we got to fill the depths on the roster, take advantage of the surplus value that is out there and sign these quality veterans to minimal contracts and upgrade our team in micro level types of way, which ways, which in turn, I believe could have a huge combined impact on the strength of this roster overall. While we can't afford all these moves I mentioned here, some of these moves are definitely more valuable than others. Some of these players won't come to Green Bay. Some of these players want to still make $5 million a year or something crazy. Okay, but you pick up the phone, you make the calls, and you see which of these guys wants to bet on themselves and come try to win a Super Bowl and have a job this year. If the Packers were to, for example, sign Julio Jones, Will Fuller, Brian Balaga, JC Treader, and Trey Flowers with the salary cap they currently have left, to me, the Packers would have the best roster in the NFL, hands down. So while we may currently not be the best roster in the NFL, there are moves out there that can get us to the top very, very quick. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.